0: Money can't buy your class Money can't buy your class Elegance is learned, my friends Elegance is learned, oh yeah
1: This is, uh, well, I'm Phoebe. I'm looking at Gemma right now. <laughs> um, you can't see her, but I can see her. And this is Money Can't Buy You Class, a podcast um, about reality television through a critical lens. Uh, we're sorry it's been such a long time, but I was on vacation and Gemma got a new job. So yep. we're, here, we're here at last, home at last. Yes.
2: Well, the good thing about talking about reality tv is that you know there's always a sense of urgency that you have to you know as we as we've said before we have to keep up with the kardashians and in, in the broad sense of that uh term but in the same way there always there'll always be something to visit you know there's always something to be to talk about that doesn't expire you know <laughs>
1: There is no expiration date on the no. Kardashians, on reality television in general, because you know it's the name of the game. Right. It's like it's ongoing. Yeah.
2: Plus, I we're actually, not recappers. You know, we're not we're not here to recap everything for you. Somebody's got to got to pay me for me to recap.
1: Yeah, I'm also just like not really interested in recaps as like a yeah. genre of writing, and we've talked about this before because it's just like if you want to know what happened you can watch it and you can like figure out what happened. I actually think that part of like the economy or the currency of reality television are people every week, like um, obsessing over what happened, what does this mean, like is it true, is it not true? And I think that like for me, that's just like uninteresting because we know like part of it's true, part of it's untrue. It's television. Um, It's just, like, pretend... It's just, like, about, like, real people. But that's, like, the only, like, real part of it is it's, like, about real people.
2: I guess now we're watching in real time, which I never used to do. So now Mm -hmm. I'm much more clued into that sort of, like, parallel vibe.
1: Yeah, and it's actually... I mean, it's a lot... We've said this before, too, but, like, it's a lot harder for me to watch week by week. Yeah. Like, I got in, you know, I got... I feel horrible because I actually haven't been keeping up with uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which Gemma reminded me of today. And I like, literally, I think that I just forgot about it. Yeah. You know, because it's like, I don't, I'm not really interested in watching it week by week as I just, you know, I, I don't care really. And I think that I was more interested in watching the Kardashians. And I, mm-hmm. I'm actually excited now to watch Beverly Hills in like one big bunch. Yeah. Because so much of the episodes happen in the last 15 minutes, in the first 15 minutes. So I think that there's actually more of a narrative continuum in, yes. in that sense.
2: I just watched episode six, which was the most recent one. And it's, it's heating up, but it's, it's very, um, there's a lot of talk about Beverly Hills. Are we going to get another season that the conflict is what is the conflict? And it's something that mm-hmm. like, no one will, you know, the, the meat of it is that Crystal said that, her conversation about race with Sutton last year actually had other parts to it that weren't on film. And Crystal said that it was very dark what she said, but Crystal won't say what Sutton said. So that's kind of fucked up because you're like, okay, well give me them, like show me the receipts. Like what'd she say? If if it's that upsetting and why didn't you say it last year? And now everyone's pissed at Crystal because she won't say it out loud and then she kind of did but it's like like, doesn't really make sense and so but you know we had the first five episodes first four episodes basically in very classic beverly hills fashion a la lucy juicy apple whatever the fuck that dog's name was same vibe of like talking around something that was off camera or that wasn't captured or and that that becomes the meat of the drama and as we know beverly hills Beverly Hills women as women of Hollywood are quite savvy and they're, you know, self-producing and producing one another. And I think a lot of stuff that happens on Beverly Hills, like I think a lot of the drama attention is also stuff that's just totally not caught on camera. It's not interpersonal. It's more like work-based, you know, it's more like show-based, which we saw a lot with Lisa Vanderbilt. So anyway, but it's heating up now because Crystal is, it's, apparently there's been rumors about Crystal that all the women have known that she had like some insane falling out with like 14 people like 14 of her friends because she apparently has a track record of like making up lies about people so that's my little recap and I am looking for I wasn't super getting into it and then this episode today episode six I really liked
1: yeah no I mean I'm excited I'm excited to watch it and I feel like I do know a lot about it. Like I know about like the 14 friends because it becomes like immediately such a meme, just like because of Twitter and shit like that. Or like that Asian, I think she, well, I don't know, but that Asian girl posting being like, I was Sutton's daughter's best friend, but then like Sutton was super racist towards me. And now she's like talking about how like her daughter's best friend is Asian, but like bitch, we're not
2: friends anymore. Yeah, and once again, too, we're doing a a Beverly Hills classic of nitpicking, like, somebody's word choice, which they did with Crystal last year about the word violated. Um, So that kind of language thing is always interesting to me. Um, And the introduction of Diana Jenkins is incredible. And she is, like, full stop, like she's vibes no that's what I was
0: gonna
1: say well the book
2: the book room 23 and the so she had this she has this book that she published it was like all these photographs of like people coming through this room and it got rumored that like it was like these client like call girls and shit like that like very Heidi Fleiss um and they got um and they just talked about it on this episode today and I was like ooh, that's really good like or the last episode I was like ooh, that's really interesting but she's like a crazy, like Yugoslavic, like she's from like a Sarajevo slum and like is like Bosnian and like clearly made her, you know, she was doing something and like made her way Wait, into did like.
1: She, did upper she come echelon. to the United States in like the 2000s, like during the Civil War or the 90s?
2: The 90s, yeah.
1: Holy shit. So that like that's when Chris's grandparents, that's like when the Civil War was
2: yeah. going on. Yeah, she fled, like she had fled Bosnia.
1: Holy and shit. then like
2: made her way up
1: no but i'm i'm actually i'm actually excited to watch it i'm also excited to yeah. watch uh, real house size of dubai and Kyle yes. has already gotten into a little twitter fight with yes uh, tell with me about that them. well speaking of stores apparently Kyle was what, like doing some self promotion and wearing like one of the jackets Kyle by stores. Alien too oh my god wearing the worst the jackets. clothes ever i know it's like really bad it's like mumus on mumus moomoo's moomoo's. i know but like those horrible patterns it's like really bad anyway so kyle's like wearing a jacket she was hanging out with one of the real housewives of dubai who was like i'm cold because she's like an anorexic <laughs> and is freezing all the time so kyle was like here's my coat and then apparently the woman was like oh i love the coat and Kyle was like, oh, you should buy them in one of my stores. But then apparently, Kyle, who's like a sneaky little bitch, went on watch What Happens Live and was like, so and so loved my coat. She stole it. Oh my God. She like basically stole it from me. So then, all these like weird people That's on so Twitter. Kyle.
2: Kyle's always doing that. Kyle's always like getting people to say something and then twisting it. She's so fucking manipulative.
1: Mm-hmm. Because there are these idiots who watch the Real Housewives franchise, not us but other idiots. To be
2: clear, we are not the idiots. Okay? To
1: be clear, we're not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but Well, we are a little bit and then apparently Kyle like dm'd this this is like too long of a story for what it actually is and just Kyle dm'd this woman she was like oh my god like did you have you seen what's been going on like i jo- i was joking that you stole something from me but like actually i know that like you just liked my jacket then went into my store the next day and bought it and the woman like answers in this like very curt tone very terse and she's just like yes I've been being tagged all day long and like I'd really appreciate if I could like screenshot this conversation and post it to like to show everyone that like I didn't steal. So that was it. But but I feel like that's like, like that could be a season's worth of drama on Real Housewives oh, that's a these se- days. That's a fucking season. <laughs> like it just took me like way also too you long. You gotta
2: wonder. Also, you gotta wonder that like given the success of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls trip. And the kind of way that like viewers clearly love seeing housewives from other cities interact. Like and like viewers love to like have listen to me, viewers love viewers love it when um when like they like I feel like you gotta be thinking too, like the producers gotta be thinking like, oh, maybe those two can be in a room sometime. Like maybe sometime we can get them on camera together.
1: No, exactly. exactly, and I think that they already do because
2: like, the universe, the universe is the, the Real Housewives extended universe, yeah. is is, uh, is sprawling,
1: ever expanding globally. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I'm excited to see that. It's all, It's also like I like think so many of these women like know each other already.
2: Oh yeah, I mean Caroline Stanbury. So Caroline Stanbury on uh, Real Housewives of Dubai was um was on was on Ladies of London. That right. show that like, briefly on they got, it didn't, it didn't pick up. Um, and that, yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that if Lisa Vanderpump were still on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I think that Lala would be like joining ASAP because Lala is like a perfect like Brandy Glanville 2.0, right? Recently divorced, has the kid, has the whatever, the horrible ex-husband left for another model.
2: 100%. Um,
1: but anyway, speaking, you know, should we, I feel like we should move on to the meat.
2: The meat, let's the get meat. into the meaty, meaty
1: part. Let's get into the plant-based meat. <laughs> Kardashians, first season ended, it's over.
2: It certainly did. It's over. It was ten episodes. And uh, what were your thoughts overall?
1: Um. Well. I, okay. I'm not gonna like call anyone out on this, but I will say that we were right. I was. I am correct when I called that it was going to be a show about their professionalization.
2: Yep, we were fucking right. We I, were. I knew it by the promo. So I knew it by the promo photos. The Blazers, it was giving me professional.
1: Breaking the fourth wall, the glass ceiling, all that type of shit. Not that they like, and it's like, you know, it's like, obviously with the caveat that like, they're not professional. Like, they're not like, I don't take seriously anything that they do. But the show in part was about their fairy tale or fantasy of being like professional woman growing older and having it all. Yes, you know, that was that was kind of the crux of the show and it focused on their businesses. It opened up even with being like Kylie Skin uh, with like Chris at the manager table. A lot of it was about like Kim being a professional lawyer and passing the bar, all the photo shoots of Good American, the Poosh and Goop collab. The Kendall and Kim on the cover of Vogue, they made that into a professional thing. So again, so even the modeling, even Kim being like, you know. Kim in the DR. Right, half naked. That would have, in other shows, that would have been like, look how sexy Kim is. And now it was like, Kim feels really sick, but she's still showing up to do work. And also she looks sexy, but looking sexy is her job.
2: Kendall literally saying the words, I've just been loving health. Like I was, but like, but you know, but she, she said, she said basically she's developed like this obsession with health as in, she likes to buy things that are supposed to improve your gadgets health. and gizmos, gadgets and gizmos, gadgets and gizmos. And she goes in her like weird little de- deprivation chamber and like, what is that? watches Netflix. What do you think Hulu. She's watching on Netflix?
1: Hulu. Well, she no, corrected she, it. She, Love is
2: blind. Love is bl- yeah, 100%. Yeah. I thought that right? too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Love is blind. Um or like Breaking Bad. No, or like not understanding it. She's like, "What is it?" Wait,
2: what? Love like, is blind. She's totally watching Love is Blind.
1: Probably Love is Blind.
2: Um but yeah, that was that was funny.
1: She's insane.
2: She also that conversation where she called Chloe being like I wanted like, to
1: talk about that. Being like,
2: oh, I want, like, I'm trying to be there for you. I was like, this is the least friendly. Like, they don't seem close. They don't seem like they know each other. Kendall does not act like she knows anybody in her family. She's so stiff. Like, at least Courtney and, like, the core Kardashians, like, Courtney and Chloe and Kim, like, you can feel their familial relationships. Like, you can feel their, like, you can feel it. And, like, with, oh, we didn't see any Kylie this season either.
1: Well, I think that that was because um, they probably filmed with her. But I think the pregnancy was one. But I also think like Travis got asked. I agree. I agree. I think, they probably,
2: I think they probably kind of tried to cut her out.
1: Yeah, that's what I think is the season begun with her kind of being a biggish part of it. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think that they were just like, we're not going to have any of that. We're just gonna focus on everyone else and be like, Oh, how beautiful that like we're having she's having another baby. Yeah. Um so, and then we focused on her in that that one episode where it was like the filler where Chris was like, Oh, I love spending quality time with my children. And then it was like them going to the grocery store
3: and oh, that
1: Getting uh, gas, which was like so boring because they've done that same thing like over and over and over again. Like, remember when they put on all that uh, like old person makeup or whatever? And like, yeah,
2: Kylie's all... always Kylie's always in those storylines. Kylie's always they're
1: just yeah, wanting so
2: to perform some sort of normalcy. Yeah,
1: yeah, she is. But I also think it's just like,
2: I mean, it's obviously like fake and like fodder for like. But I mean, like. I feel like with that, with this episode, they knew exactly what they were. I mean, I feel like it almost kind of ties into what we were talking about when we first talked about, like, this new season, which is, like, it's, like, the Hulu show making sure we know that, like, they, like, it's a continuation of Keeping Up in a way. It's, like, it's, like, a reference back to Keeping Up. It's, like, it's, like, still has, like, the elements of the old show, you know, like, I don't think you know i think i think they knew that they needed some of that so like like with the sex tape thing like you know they, they were they're doing a lot of circular kind of gestures
1: yeah yeah right so i think that they're like hmm i was thinking a lot so this last episode seemed to me like if it was if it had been like an er, like one of the early kardashian seasons this last episode would would have been in the middle. This would have been the focal point, right? Yes. Because it was like the biggest drama of left field to happen. Tristan cheated
0: and it's like,
1: it was leaked. Uh, It's like the third time he's cheated on Chloe. She's devastated. The whole family feels bamboozled, but it's also just like, really, you didn't didn't know? But that's also something that I want to get into. But for whatever reason, they kind of included it as, like, this afterthought. And it was kind of, like, to me, it felt like, oh, Chloe needs an episode about the shit going on in her life. But we also don't, we also want to downplay it. So they structured this whole episode, even when they were talking to each other, they were obviously talking to the cameras or the audience when they were like, oh, like, all these, fuck like, motherfuckers who are, like, bashing chloe like it's not her fault they were just doing this like pr work for chloe and they put it as the end of the season and it didn't seem like a culmination it seemed like an afterthought and it seemed Mm -hmm. like something they're over it they're done no follow-up and then even at the end chris jenner is like texting she's like oh the next thing happened you'll never believe what's going on then so it's just kind of like bye tristan fuck off here we go. Yeah.
2: yeah. I I agree. I don't know if I felt it so much as an afterthought, but I, I, do, I do like thinking about the fact, like the order in which they introduced that. And I'm, I'm not thinking about like the timeline of the season. And, you know, we obviously, I think partly too, like for me, this whole season has been like, um, it's been like a very, neat um like visiting of like their all the main main social media points from the last six months of their lives. So it's been very tidy. Like it's like chronological. It's like very like they're like, we're gonna give you Pete. We're gonna give you, you know, Courtney's engagement. Like they literally are like using the photos. Like like Kim talks about like, oh Pete and I went to the movies in Staten Island and that was this big, you know, leak and stuff. And like and so I feel like it was very tidy and I feel like they you know, obviously they didn't know that was going to happen with Tristan, but, like, that was a very, like, we all, I think, I think they put that at the end, because I think people were waiting probably the most for that, because it was, like, the most unplanned thing, and they want to see her reaction, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, they didn't, but that's the thing, like, we didn't, like, in earlier seasons, like, we literally got the react, we got, like, the home video, we got the whatever, but it's just, like, but, uh, but I think that the, the last episode was probably my favorite episode or the most memorable. And the, the best scene was uh, the conversation between Chloe and Kim. When yeah. Kim goes over to her house and they're on her bed. Um, and this just kind of, it's, uh, I don't, let's see. I, it's like simultaneously extremely creepy and extremely honest. Because I think yeah. you start to understand their sisterly relationship. Um, I don't have sisters, but I have, like, best friends who are women who kind of feel like sisters. And I also have a brother. You have a sister. And I feel like the, the relationships between yourself and your sibling, yourself and your, like, absolutely familial, like, girlfriends, they can be – they're not exactly um, – they're not all cookie-cutter. And I think that we really started to understand the, the, the individual definition of closeness in the Kardashians because, you know, that conversation was, uh, it really struck me when Kim was like, what it, I think I wrote it down. When, uh, yeah, Kim said, I can live with myself knowing I did everything to make a situation work. And she's talking about her marriage with Kanye and walk away guilt-free. And they're taught, and Kim is talking about how, like, she was, like, nobody checked up on me during my marriage with Kanye.
2: I know, that I was appreciate really-
1: appreciate that. If only they, and by they, she means both her family and the public, if only they had known, people would have gotten me out sooner. And then Chloe is, like, yeah, like, I love you guys, I don't blame you, but I wish somebody had said to me, don't fuck with this guy after he fucked you over two times.
2: I know, that was really interesting, that was- that, that conversation had a lot of, um, had a lot of sadness in it, it I, for me. It felt like, and I was very surprised. Like, I, I, they always obviously mm-hmm. perform, they perform, like, a real, like, tight-knit bond. And, like, and I don't think that that's, like, fake. Like, I, I think family's, no, like. No, it's I think,
1: true, but that's what they define it.
2: Right, right. But, and I think it's kind of, it, it, it was kind of like that episode where you, it gets revealed that, like, they, like, Courtney like, doesn't, like, hug, like, they never hugged. It's, like, it, like, reveals that, like, Chris Jenner never hugged them. And you're, like, whoa. It's, like, is this, like, it, and they obviously, they like to control their narrative of, like, what the major events in their life and family issues are that made them who they are. They like to be very control, in control of that narrative. Like, it's, like, dad died. It's, like, very, it's very easily digestible, understandable trauma. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, it's, it was very revealing to find out, like, it's kind of, like, in, in like, impression that basically was like you know we are like we like it was like they were like they are asking for their their sister that like to give them something that they didn't get get you know like it was like there was like a sadness in that
1: yeah and and you also saw that in the conversation between chloe and kendall when kendall's like she's just kind of being horrible to chloe and she you know she's like oh my god you fainted well, you know, I know in this situation, I would probably be really anxious. Like, are you anxious? And Chloe's like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm devastated. I'm insanely anxious." Chloe seems
2: pissed off at Kendall in that conversation. Well, well I Kendall, mean, would you not Kendall, be? No, I would be pissed. Kendall also was such a little shitster with Courtney and Scott being like, "Do you have empathy for Scott?" Because it doesn't seem like you do. I was like, like, and and Courtney kind of in references being pissed about that in that conversation with yeah. stuff
1: yeah no i mean i but it's just kind of like that lack of empathy and like i, I do think in that situation you know what i mean it's just kind of like and even uh chris jenner and kim kardashian both asked chloe like how are you feeling like blah 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 and, I, and and you can kind of tell through how uh, Chloe is, like, reacting to the camera that, like, this isn't, like, a fake conversation, that this is actually, like, a pretty real conversation. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I feel like, what like what are you guys talking about? Like, right. I, I love this guy. He cheated on me, and you're the one who pushed me to be with him. Yeah. But then I think that for the brand, she needs to say, like, oh, but I love you, and I don't blame you. But I yeah. think that she's just kind of, like, fuck all of you and you also realize like a lot about like courtney's relationship with scott where the fan like for some weird reason like and this is what i couldn't no one says
0: anything.
1: right no one asks no one says anything
0: well that's a very kind of they walking. tell you not
1: to leave
2: them well that's that's a very you know i think in that way like it reveals the kardashians as this kind of like to me that feels very like Amer like white american like it feels very like waspy behavior to like not like not talk like not don't bring out your dirty laundry like don't overstep your boundaries with your family like they're always like oh we're such a like wild family but like I think about my family like no one has any ability to not share their opinions about what's wrong in your life
1: no it's impossible it's impossible
2: and so it's it's kind of interesting to me like it kind of reveals like this sort of like traditional nature of their family or like the old schoolness of their family maybe or like because I mean you gotta wonder too about like when all that OJ stuff went down you know like it's very it's very curious
1: but I think that also like so in, in this episode something that kind of connected for me is that uh by making their family or their language so blasé you as the viewer are able to project onto them. Yeah. uh, Like notions of familial perfection, you know, because it's like, for me, I think that something that I've loved about my family is like, Oh, we're like, and it's impossible to talk about family because like, I mean what I'm saying, but I also like, it's also the complete opposite. Like my family's close. We tell each other everything. Like, We're not close. We don't tell each other. But like both of the truths are the same at the same time. But I think that for me, what would constitute a perfect family is like, you know, sticking your neck out and being like, how is your relationship or being like, I know you want to be with this guy, but he fucking sucks. Like leave him because those have been moments in my family where I've been like very thankful, like maybe at the herb with my friends for when somebody was like, Phoebe, like you're in a bad situation. You need to get out. I love you so much hold my hand while you're getting out of it, but like get out, Yeah, you know? And so I guess I always thought that that, like that was what was going on behind the scenes with the Kardashians. But I think that that was just kind of like my projection of what like true love means as a friend and as a sister. But it's not for them. And then you realize why they keep getting into these horrible situations with people is because they're kind of just like left on their own and nobody really cares about them. Kris Jenner never picks up the phone. Yeah. Like, they're they're alone. They're very much so alone in the world.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I feel like this whole, I feel like the season in general, like, now that you're saying that they're alone in the world, I'm just, like, visualizing that. And, like, I do feel like this season, and maybe this is partly, like, kind of the professionalism angle, I did feel like this season kind of kept them all in these very, like, you, you really, I felt like you got a much more one-on-one, like, moment with each of them like I feel yeah. like it was really focused it wasn't not a lot happened I've, I've heard a couple people saying like they they thought some of the episodes were like people love to be like oh it's so boring and it's like okay but like I didn't actually think it was boring at all <laughs> and like I thought that like mm. the I thought that the like kind of slowness or like the kind of attention that they were giving to each member of the family like I I feel like this season versus e which i'm always which we're always going to do we're always going to think one versus the other i feel like it actually was much more it was very subtle but i feel like it was pretty revealing especially after the last four seasons of the e show like e show used to be like a whole different thing and like the last four seasons were like literally nothing happened you literally found out nothing about anything and it was all just like this big tease about like maybe we'll tell you maybe we won't and this season i feel like was much more intentional and like gave actually revealed a lot more about them like on these like really subtle interpersonal levels that like we have never gotten before
1: yeah no you're right you're right and I think that like I did find it boring but I but I but I think that one of the reasons is I, I guess
2: boring is just a weird like for me boring implies like you didn't like it or something like I just, like, was never, like, I always, like, watch, you know, I always enjoy watching it.
1: (laughs) No, no, exactly, and I think that boring is actually, it can be a very interesting word to use when you're watching something and you keep going back every single week, but that, but, no, no, but I like what you're saying, that, like, boring actually is not a very, like, astute observation, you know what I mean? Because, of course, it's boring. It's kind of, in a way, it's always been boring. That's Uh, part of the point, Yeah, exactly, like, the reason that reality TV functions is it's, like, it's what you put on to make yourself feel better in your boring life. Cause someone's life is even more boring than your own or your, your own banalities are echoed in the banalities of rich people, like whatever. Also, um, it's
2: reminding me of like, it, it feels very Paris Hilton to be like, I'm bored.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it, it, that's like a very like.
1: No, boredom is a trait of the rich.
2: Celebutard you, celeb you sort of. Celebutard. <laughs> celeb
1: Cacho y pepe tard. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, no, but you're, you're right. I mean, like Hulu was definitely focused on them as individuals, but I think I also got a a lot of loneliness and like, yeah, Courtney's, um, relationship with Travis, Mm. you know, in a certain way, because I think that you just like realize how much time they spend without each other or how, like how much time they have to spend with other people.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's some loneliness in Courtney and Travis because I think that they are, like, I think they isolate themselves. You know, I, I don't think they, I think they, like, you know, I think their, their worlds have become really, really small. They've become each other, you know? Yeah. And, like, and I think that that's sort of, uh, there's, a, and there's, there's, like, I wonder if there's like a sadness in her family like that she's just like upset like I don't know you know it's like well we, they probably aren't telling each other that like are they talking to her about like how are you are you spending time with your kids like no, no they probably aren't they're not you know?
1: they're not they didn't even invite her kids to the engagement
2: Penelope's so cute
1: Yeah I mean I actually I mean I'll say this I, Scott obviously not a good person not was like horrible horrible borderline probably abusive for using like the the lingo of 2020s emotionally abusive to courtney um and that never would have stood if the show if those seasons of the show had been shown today right never um but i think that he he's a good dad i think he's a better dad to them and courtney's a mom to them you know, I think that he kind of, because, you know, he is kind of a child, he's incredibly immature, but I think that he actually, like, he knows how to corral them. And I think that yeah. he, I think that in a, in, a, in a very real way, they're the reasons that he's, like, not killed himself, because there's so many, like, seasons, especially, like, oogie's oh, um, and Chloe take the Hamptons, where he, like, was v- extremely suicidal. You yeah, know? but I think that, like, in a very real way, as kids have saved him. Like, a lot of people, their kids, like, literally save them.
2: Literally, happy, happy Father's Day, Day knows to them.
1: Scott Dizek. Oh, yeah, it is Father's Day. <laughs> yeah, Happy Father's Day to my daddy, Scott Dizek.
2: And only Happy Father's Day to, to Scott Dizek and Harry Hamlin.
1: <laughs> I know. Every
2: other and father. And Maurizio.
1: Oh, no. Maurizio's weird. He's sus.
2: I am, like, orbiting very close to Maurizio in my new job. <laughs>
1: Okay, that's another thing. We can get back to the Kardashians, but I wanted to ask if you're comfortable. I want you to share everything you're comfortable sharing about your new job.
2: It's just kind of fun because I have been dropped into basically like tangentially involved in like the luxury real estate market of LA. I am orbiting very close to the reality TV world, which is something I didn't quite expect from this job, but that is very, the Kardashians use our services, uh, confirmed. They have used our services. So I might, if with any luck, I'm going to the house of Kim Kardashian or Chloe, I would take anyone. I, w- I would go to anybody's house. I go to Corey Gamble's house. I wouldn't have a problem.
1: Um, <laughs> well, no, he lives with chris Jenner now.
2: Yeah. I would literally go to, I go to like Cece, Aunt Cece. <laughs> go to her house um it's so much less glamorous you know than it is on tv it's
1: It's literally real it's also real because i think that like i know no it's literally real (laughs) i've known you forever like you're like you're like a physical solid person that like i call when i like have a stomach ache and this is what you're doing like this is i know making money these days you're like you're doing the job that i literally thought was a fake job until you were like i got the job (laughs) i didn't think that it was like real But it's real, and you're doing it, and you just, like, you know, it's not, like...
2: These people are real. Like, Maurizio Omansky like, is going to events. Like, he's around. Like, my coworkers saw him at a dinner, like, that they were at. Like, like, Brett Oppenheim sends emails.
1: (laughs) They are real people. No, it's wild, but it's also, I don't know, it's just, like, it's so... I mean, I guess it makes sense that, like, they're, like, actual incredibly interesting artists, like, like yourself are the people behind all of this.
2: Yeah, right, right.
1: (laughs) It's weird, and I even think of like the Kim Kardashian assistant who made that whole post after like the Kim Kardashian quote, being like, you just gotta work harder. (laughs) Being like, I like used to work for Kim Kardashian and I was making like minimum wage, couldn't pay for gas, like had to lie about being sick because I could, I literally couldn't afford to go to work. And you're like, yeah, like the people who work in the orbit of these people, uh, are, are, are much realer than the people themselves, but also, like, the people themselves are, they're just fucking people making money.
2: My friend's, like, chi- like childhood friend is Courtney's assistant who was on camera smelling the poosh candles.
1: <laughs> Wait, I didn't know that.
2: Isn't that, but then also that same friend, her boyfriend lives in the apartment that Steph Shep used to live in. <laughs>
1: No, I know. It's just, like, weird. In
2: Echo Park. Like, it's literally in Echo Park. It's, like, this cute little apartment. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah, that's a little quick little aside. But I actually felt, like, I don't know why, but, like, I was very, um, I think they left Chloe to last, sort of, because Chloe is, like, has always been, like, the most re- sort of relatable person. Like, she's, like, funny and, like, pretty warm and, like, seems pretty genuine in a way that, like, Kim and Courtney just don't come off that way. Like, and Chloe seems really different. And there's like, you know, she's she's like, she's kind of like the star, I think, of the modern era of the Kardashians in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I, mean, I think Kim is the outward, like the kind of like assumed star. But like Chloe, people are really invested in Chloe, and people really hate Chloe. And people like like she gets just like a lot of attention on all sides, you know? Yeah. And I think that like it was really kind of upsetting, but I but I feel like they produce her continuously in this, like, such a sad light. Like, she's, like, she's, like, talking about Good American. And I'm, like, why does she have to justify that she made a clothing company? Why is she having to justify that she used to be fat? Like, whatever. She wasn't even j- that
1: fat, I think, is, no, like, also she the, wasn't. the thing. It's, like, she's.
2: She was, like, she a just- little chubby.
1: Maybe. I mean, the camera adds 10 pounds. Exactly. Like, I think that she was like a perfectly, because right, because looking back, I think that she was just like, she's a little bit, I mean, she's your height. Like she's not, like she's, she's tall. Yeah, but like you're tall. She's like, but yeah. she's like 5'10". Yeah. But her sisters, and I think that she like weighs a perfectly normal amount that somebody yeah. at, who's who is 5'10 would weigh. But her sisters, like Kim and Courtney, are just like five feet tall and like extremely yeah. skinny people. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Literally so she like, she looked like a huge ogre next to them. Yeah. But that doesn't mean she's overweight. That just means like, unfortunately, she just had to pose. Like, it's like if I pose next to like third graders with like a bunch of makeup yeah. on, it's like I'm, yeah. I'm going to look huge and fat and awkward. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no fucking way. And they're, you know what I
2: mean? Like, but it was like, <laughs> But it was, I mean, it was also kind of the, um the like, I always, for some reason, this always, I always think about this, and, like, I always find it really interesting that, like, I don't know why, I don't know if it's actually interesting, but I'm always kind of interested in the fact that, like, the Kardashian brand success is partly because they weave personal narrative into every product that they make. Like, they're large ones. Like, like Kylie Lip Kit was, like, I was insecure about my lips. And so I made the perfect shade. And then Kim's, like, Kim's, like, oh, I've never been able to... Kim's like, oh, I've never had body makeup that covers my psoriasis. I'm going to make a body makeup. Chloe's like, you know... Uh, Chloe's like... I Nobody sells stop. a size four. <laughs> yeah. Chloe's, Chloe's like, no one sells a size inclusive, so now I made inclusive. And it's, it's like a justification for... I mean, you know, it's a very, like... It's a very neoliberal sort of, like, you know, condition of, like personal trauma begets your you know business venture your capitalist desires
1: yeah right which is also I think why it's so like weird to like see Kendall be like incredibly health conscious and then be like oh yeah buy my tequila yeah yeah she's the, the only one Black. who doesn't do that Kylie I mean Kendall's never been like yes I'm a functioning alcoholic so uh you know if you're a functioning alcoholic like me you should buy my tequila because it's really good for you <laughs> yeah or she's like she's like nobody nobody is making a tequila for white people. So I made a tequila for white people. Right.
2: right. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for your service, Kendall Jenner.
1: But did you see that the uh like I watched all the way to like to, to, to the to the to the last second of the last episode and it was it's like Kardashian Jenner Productions.
0: Oh. Like that's what does
1: it. Did you also see the last like two seconds of the episode?
2: What I don't know, what are you talking about?
1: After the credits it cuts to Kim. Oh no like, Oh no, it's crazy. She's like Pete come out, like you gotta meet I forgot her, her name's like Poozy or something who's like like Poozy is apparently the like uh, like Kim's handler or something. For 14 years, like the whole the whole Kardashian thing, and she's like, "Oh my God, Pete, you gotta come out meet Poozy." Like, I bet Poozy's seen everything about me. Like, she's probably even seen my vagina. And Pete's like, "Has she seen your vagina more than I've seen your vagina?" And Kim's like, "No, like, definitely not, babe." And then Poozy, you hear being like, "Kim, I've never seen your vagina." And Kim's like, "Oh, well, don't worry, you will." (laughs) And Poozy's like, "I don't want to." (laughs) <laughs> I don't oh want my God! Vagina.
2: Free Poozy! <laughs> Poozy is chained to Kim Kardashian. I don't even know who names Poozy, but she's like a really freaky name. You're like, your named Poozy. <laughs> Kim is exposing herself to Poozy, un- who's un thing
1: <laughs> I know, but then Kim was also just like, "Well, if you want to see my vagina, like, you can just Google it online." <laughs> just kidding, because of the whole sex tape thing, and it's like Kim calm down nobody wants to see your fucking reconstructed vagina no one cares no one cares it's probably gross you have a disgusting vagina i'll say it it's see i feel like it smells
2: I feel like it's, it's I feel like she so contouring.
1: Small. I feel like she does like vagina. Well, contouring. there was
2: some vagina content in this season with um Chloe talking about how Skims are too skinny for her fat bust.
1: Yeah, but it's also not because like, for for my birth for my birthday, Gemma sent me a really wide, very generous assortment of Skims underwear, and one of them was like I think the I don't, it's like beyond a g string. It's, like, Freud's Beyond the Pleasure Principle, but it's, like, beyond the Skims G-string. Um, it's, it, it doesn't, it's weird. It doesn't, like, I don't, I don't want to get too graphic, but I'll just say, like, yeah, but it's, like, I, I don't know. I'm, like, I feel like Kim definitely has, like, a tiny, tiny, tiny vagina. Tiny. But she's also a tiny person. She's tiny, yeah. Um. um yeah. Yeah. I like Chloe. I really do. I think that Chloe, But it's also sad. It's, it, her I life felt is so, very sad. Her
2: life is sad. I felt so... I mean, I was kind of like, obviously when you're watching somebody, like, find out something like that, you're like, wow. Like, she was saying, like, I listened to an interview with her and she was like, of course, she's like, every time this happens, it's on camera. Like, Kim finds out first on camera and has to call me and tell me. And when, like, you could feel, like, real... Like, I... I, I just felt like chloe was like so like like on the phone like you could hear her anxiety be like kim what like what like and then like when she started like sobbing and kim was like put the cameras down like that was really and but then that was another revealing thing where like kim was like we need to have a family meeting and chloe's like i don't want to fucking talk to you people about this like she's like and kim's like no she's not gonna show up and they're like well she just suffers so much on her own and it's right, like, but
1: then it cuts to Chloe being like, "I didn't go to the family meeting because I don't want people telling me what to do with my life." And you're like, "Oh, yeah. right, that's why." Yeah,
2: yeah. She's like, "I don't need them telling me what to do with my own life." Like,
1: which is also strange because I was trying to like reconcile that with like them not interfering with each other's lives. What it, I mean, again, like just going back to that, like I feel like we took a very like long segue or a long like, yeah. corn maze. Uh, what is that where they seem to really have a lot of opinions about each other's lives, but at the same time, it seems like they, it's like a fake respectfulness or something. Like I I wonder where that distance collapses. Yeah. And I wonder how like the reality show plays into that because it's like everyone was dressed to the nines for that like fake family meeting.
2: Kim was wearing like a ball gown.
1: No, exactly. And it like, obviously. That was weird. I didn't get that. No, it was a very strange thing. I think that it was like fully staged and like it wasn't a family meeting and they knew that Courtney wasn't going to show up, but also it was like well I think the, the keyword family was missing.
2: I think the language, I think I think that on these shows like you notice this in like real housewives like there's like language that becomes a substitute that's like internally understood as like short like shorthand for like it's going to be filmed. Mm. Like so I think like saying family meeting like Implies that they're going to get if they're shooting the show, it's going to be filmed. Like I feel like on Real Housewives, they do that too. They're like, this group of friends. Like they don't say like the cast. You know what mm. I mean? Or they're like, yeah. they're like, or like they're talking about Crystal being like, oh, you know, she, if she's not comfortable with this group of ladies, and it's like, you're inferring that Crystal's not comfortable with the show yet. You know, you're you're inferring that she doesn't quite know how the show works. You know,
0: yeah. And
2: like, so I feel like that is like a part of it as well. Um, but I think that they. You know, I think that they all, like, yeah, I wonder about the reality show thing. I mean, clearly, though, like, if you don't want to be on it, you don't have to. Like, Rob is nowhere to be found. Kylie was barely on it. You know, like, I don't think anybody's getting forced to do anything, you know? Like, I think if you're on it, you've you've opted to be there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I think that you're right, but I think that there's also just, like, a... There's a little bit more. I I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, I feel like
2: Chloe, like, I feel like Chloe didn't show up to the family meeting because she knew it was going to be filmed and she probably was, like, a wreck and, like, was, like, going to cry and she didn't want to cry on camera and, like, didn't want to talk to the cameras, you know? Yeah. And I, I noticed that, too, like, with, you could feel the, um, you were saying earlier that, like, you can tell that it was a real conversation that she's having her confessional with, like, the producer. Like, like, you can feel her sort of, like, and I was actually thinking a lot about this. Like, you know, the E, the E show, like they made such a big thing about like, they love the crew. Like they were so close. And like, I'm sure there's like carryover with some of the crew members. Like, but like, I was wondering too, like what that one must be like, like, cause I felt like the interviews were much, um, I felt like there was a much less of a familiarity. Like it felt less, like it felt like they were talking to people they didn't quite know, which offered Mm -hmm. a kind of new vibe to the confessional because they were like, felt like they were like more like explaining themselves. It's like when you get a new therapist and you have to like explain your whole shtick like I felt like they were kind of doing that like I felt like Kim was much more like I don't know she I feel like she treated the camera like the confessional people like a little bit more with a little more distance or something and I was thinking about that like what it must be like for them to have like new producers asking them questions about like because like you know when then the producer was like well what hurts you the most and Chloe's like what kind of question is that she's like it's all hurtful, <laughs> like,
1: right? And it was the same type of you know? question that, like, all of her sisters were asking her as well, which also yeah. made it like doubly uh, creepy, mm-hmm. you know. For like, you know, like the her sisters are asking her, I, you, because, right? Because I because I felt like the producers are telling Kendall what to say to Chloe yeah. before she gets on the phone, so they can like get the sound bites or whatever. And, yeah. and Chloe is just kind of like, dude, like. This guy fucked me over. Like, what do you want me to say? Like, I'm yeah. screaming, crying, throwing up.
2: <laughs> I mean, I was kind of, I was kind of loving, like, Chloe just being like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm on Klonopin <laughs> and, like.
1: Yeah, that's also, I feel like Chloe's about to have, like, a not okay experience with beta block. I also
2: not like she's not, or... e- I feel like she's not eating at all.
1: Yeah, it's extremely She sad. looks
2: really fucking skinny.
1: Yeah, she does. I mean, she does not look well. And she looks incredibly upset. And I think that, like, her her life is fucked. You know, because I was going to, you know, she was like, yeah, I bought this house with Tristan. Like, this is going to be, like, our house, our home.
2: You want another baby? That was such a bummer. So what do we think that they're teasing for you're not going to believe what happens next? Like, are we, because we haven't seen any, like, we haven't seen anything on Instagram. Like, we haven't seen anything in tabloids. Like, what do we think? chris was Uh, talking about
1: maybe it was just like details about the wedding
2: well that's the next season i think is gonna be very focused on that i'm sure they were filming
1: yeah i mean i don't know i think that like it seemed to me like she was just like saying that to say that like i don't think that there's anything going on because like nothing really goes on in that family no like like things go on you know it's like they there's drama but i feel like it's not like Especially dramatic drama, like, yeah. you know, if you have a big family like that, like, someone's going to be the sister who gets cheated on a million times. You know, someone's yeah. going to be the, the successful sister, the health-obsessed sister. It's, it's very, like, Disney. Everyone has their archetype, so...
2: So, you were recently in the region of Italy where Kravis did their big Dolce & wedding, right? Yeah,
1: I went on a family vacation... With my boyfriend, their family, not my family, but I went on uh, my boyfriend's family vacation to Italy. Um, yeah, we went to the the first the first week we were in the south of Italy, in on the Amalfi Coast, and you know it was crazy because you know you're you're in Sorrento, you go to Positano, you go to Amalfi, yeah, Italy it's it's a noun you know like any other noun it's a noun like Brett Oppenheimer sending you an email it's just like another fucking person sending you an email and like these places these people these things they're nouns that are built up with a certain type of mystique but you go there and uh it's it's what you make of it in a And I I, like, I'm not upset that I went it's beautiful and it's wonderful, but because of the idea of what these places are They're just sabotaged by throngs upon throngs of tourists who are wearing cargo shorts and flip flops and don't speak any Italian They don't even speak Spanish. They don't speak any language other than English And they just kind of like go there and have no idea what to do except like be there Mm -hmm. um and it's a very strange experience because you know what what they call like paris syndrome where people like they go to paris and they get upset because it's paris isn't what they expected it to be i didn't it's not that i felt that like i you know I, i i can always have fun because i make my own fun but people, people go to these places expecting that they're going to like be given a certain type of thing. But all you see there are a million other people who look exactly like you, looking like striving, 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 unknowingly, unconsciously for the same thing. So you go to Positano, which is where Courtney and Travis got married. And it's disgusting, obviously, because it's just like there's one pathway that's like the main street that goes like down to the water. And it's Disneyland for it's just Disneyland. They're like,
2: well, and we know cello and
1: like linen shirts. And it's just like all their shops, everyone's scowling. There are a million people you're trying to like elbow your way through. Yeah. It's the strangest experience ever. And like, no, like the people that you're there with, you're just there to be there. There's no other reason why you're, why you're there.
2: Well, and we know, I mean, Courtney has quite the track record of loving Disney world.
1: Right, no, exactly, which is, like, part of the reason why I said it's, like, Disney World, but it's also just, like, one of the ways I had a lot of fun when I was in, on the Amalfi Coast was, like, I can kind of speak Italian, so I would just, like, go to coffee shops and, like, talk, or bars, and I would, like, just, like, be really obnoxious and, like, talk to all the bartenders be like I fucking hate this place what's like wrong with it like what's going on and they like I they told me they're like yeah like it's horrible like it's really disgusting what's happening there are too many people there are too many tourists so we're gonna like they're like next year at the latest but also this year we want to start implementing like um crowd control and like you know like last week they implemented crowd control
2: I mean, the Kardashians are are very, you know, in, in their role as reality stars, they're very good at essentializing any certain thing, like reducing something down to it's very much like it's the barest point of its meaning. Right. Like like they did an Italian wedding. And they did, and they it got sponsored by Dolce and Gabbana. You know, it was like you know they love Disney World. Who, like,
1: who does like? And sorry to interrupt, but like Dolce and Gabbana is like known for doing like the uh, the like like uh, like the the oh my god like, the platonic ideal of the, like, Italian widow, yeah. like, we're wearing, like, completely, like, uh, like, macabre fashion, mm-hmm. and, like, with the widow, like, with the virgin on it, like, it's very, like, in your face with the symbolism and meaning of what it yeah. is, there's no subtlety. Yeah,
2: exactly, and I think that that was very much, like, that is very much, it makes sense, it's, like, they're, they're a brand, any brand, any advertisement, you know, is, it, it does reduce things down to their, like, you know, the easiest, the most easily digestible sort of symbolism. Um, And I feel like that kind of actually ties into like the personal narrative with the like businesses in a way, you know, it's like, it's like a very, it's like a, it's it's very obvious. It's very easy to kind of understand. Um, I mean, I also thought it was kind of interesting that it was like so blatantly sponsored kind of, you know, like I I was thinking about like how much Kanye West probably hated it. (laughs) like yeah so tacky like it was so so tacky and like so like but courtney's doing a tacky thing right now like she's being tacky and she's clearly loving it
1: yeah yeah well right i mean i i've been like i was i when i was watching the last episode like when she and travis are about to like go record the song for uh like the jingle bells chris Jenner. she like they walk out of the car and she's wearing like black stilettos and like a trench coat which is yeah oh my god, like, all right, you're, you're wearing lingerie under, and then you're gonna, like, give him a fucking blowjob, and, like, whatever, it's fine, we understand what you're saying with your clothing, you right. know what I mean, but, yeah, no, it's, like, it's tacky, and it's obvious, and I think that partly one of the, mo- one of the most difficult things to, to think about or talk about critically is, like, this type of obviousness, Yes, right? it's
2: very difficult to put words like, to it.
1: I think that The Drift just published, uh, you know, they had all these like different like writers or thinkers or artists talk about like alt-lit or whatever. And Alexandra Kleeman had this like really good quote. I mean, I forget, I, I it's not in front of me right now, but she was like talking about a certain type of thing. I forget what it was. She's like, it's just like talk, like it's like people standing in a circle talking about like what they like about chocolate. And I <laughs> feel like that's like, that's that's very much so what's going on right now. And it's like, yeah it's great. Chocolate's delicious. What else are you going to say about it? Like, it's very hard to think about how to interpret obviousness besides being like, this is there, it's going on, it's happening. Is there, is there anything beyond it? Like, what is the symbolism of, of obviousness if, if they're doing it? Because I mean, it, it seems as if like, you know, it seems as if like the thought process is like Courtney is like, oh, of course I'll do Dolce & Gabbana, like, they're Italian, they're going to give me all this money. Like, there's no, like, connection to it, so it's, like, very surface level, erasing any type of historical meaning.
2: Right. I I think, too, like, like, the moments that give, like, a lot of fodder to, like, the show and, like, the narrative structure is, like, the rare moment when that obviousness is broken. Like, Kim's whole shtick of, like, doing the lawyer stuff is, like,
0: Mm.
2: so not obvious. Like, that's, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be, like, oh, it's obvious that Kim wants to be a lawyer. Like, that's not obvious. And, like, her, like, having to go through all these bar exams, you know, like, like, those, like, those moments where things aren't, you know, necessarily so, so kind of prescribed or that, that, that kind of fit in well is what, kind of makes them have personality, right? It's like I don't know if that makes sense or is worth yeah, saying. I but. think it
1: does. I think it does. And like even think about so so Dolce and Gabbana, like also so first of all their perfume light blue. All those advertisements are like platonic ideal Amalfi Coast, like, yeah, those, like, like Chris, like, we Chris and I like went went to this like little beach swimming hole on the Amalfi Coast and we just saw like the most beautiful couple we've ever seen, just like basically being in the light blue campaign for Dolce yeah. And we we're like, <laughs> I, I was like, Can I take your photo? Like, you guys, like, with their phone, I was like, You guys are like literally the most beautiful people I've ever fucking seen in my entire life. <laughs> and they're like, I was like, Oh, ha, ha, ha. like. He was like, "How do you say in English? Like, I she is beauty and I am beast." (laughs) Fuck you! (laughs) If you're a beast, like, (laughs) really go to hell, bitch.
2: Yeah. Maybe let's round out this convo with SKKN. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, we can do that. There's not much to say about it yet, but. Kim definitely had an aside in the last part of the Kardashians wrapping it up, being like, maybe, like, for my net, like, after I'm a lawyer, I'm gonna go to medical school. And I think that this is kind of just like, it's the PR campaign with the, like, taking seriously skincare.
2: Well, I think it's what I have to say about it so far is that um, her New York Times profile was quite um, interesting. And um, I, like, again, they are doing the thing that they always do with Kim Kardashian where they're like stripping her down like very little makeup being like this woman you know her as a celebrity but she's a businesswoman this just is such a pivot from the kind of good American skims vibe of like product that you sell at Nordstrom's that like is affordable relative you know that's affordable basically it's not a luxury good it's like all-inclusive And I think what's really interesting about this skincare thing is that it's very not accessible and it's extremely exclusive. Like, I feel like she's just kind of like maybe, and maybe it reflects something in the culture that like it's not so important anymore to maybe be like, maybe right now, like you can just be like, it's almost like the world's like burning. Like, they're, they're, you know, they're endorsing Rick Caruso for mayor and Kim selling her skincare line for $700, right? It's like, it's like, okay, yeah, duh. Like, that—that that is Wait, rough. is it
1: actually $700? Because I have not a...
2: To buy the whole... It's a nine-step formula that, like, she swears by. And to buy the whole thing, it costs $700. Just was I was just struck by the exclusivity of it. Because I feel like for so long, they've been kind of doing something different. And I felt mm-hmm. somehow... I'm not sure if I can quite articulate this yet. But, like, I also felt like the Marilyn Monroe dress had the same kind of vibe of, like, kind of a brash, like brazen, like spitting in the face of like, I don't know. I don't really want to say spitting in the face of history, but just being very like, kind of just like very kind of like crude almost with like being on the red carpet, being like, I lost 16 pounds in one month. Like, you know, in a way that like that, that doesn't feel like to me that jives with PC culture, right? Like that, 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 that celebrities have, are, have to now fit into so that they don't like risk their career. But the fact that she kind of said that, was it felt like kind of a classic, like, old-school celebrity kind of thing of, like, oh, I lost all this weight for this, like, or like, oh, I lost weight for a role. Like, I don't know. It just had an interesting sort of, like, sheen to it of, like, that I feel like was much more, like, bold and brazen and um, vulgar than yeah. what they've been doing publicly.
1: Well, okay. So, I mean, New York, like, it, Met Ball, New York City, New York for many, I mean, has always been the epicenter of American culture. And in many ways, mm-hmm. the epicenter of global culture. I don't give a shit. Like obviously it's based on X, Y, and Z. It's like, we, that's, that's not what I'm talking about right now. And downtown New York has always been for me- many, 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 many decades. And it like coincides with like uh, contemporary media, the epicenter of like, what is cool? And I actually think that it's very interesting that, you know, you have Elizabeth Olsen being like, oh yeah, I listen to Red Scare. You have like, you know, you have like Leah McSweeney on Real Housewives in New York being like, oh yeah, Red S-, you know, like R- Red Scare, which is like in many, many ways like defined what downtown New York is right now. I think that, that you can actually see that like fully playing out in like the most mainstream pop culture where people... Mm-hmm. Um, like Kim Kardashian who, you know, maybe she, I, I doubt she knows what Red Scare is because I doubt that she has like time to like listen to a podcast. Like I doubt that she's reading the New York Times about like Dime Square and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But I think that in a way like that type of like New York culture has now found itself embedded in mainstream culture. That's where, very,
2: that's a point. You know point. what I mean? Yeah.
1: Where she's just like, Oh yeah, like instead of being like, oh, like anyone can fit into this, like anyone can do this, like that was very like two years ago. That was very pre-COVID, yeah. um, and I think that post-COVID, because of all the, cult- the, the 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 cultural shift that has been like you know quote unquote well documented by the New York Times or whatever, yeah. it has been well documented by the New York Times in a way yeah. that reached like the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, or it's That's like a really it's good become voice. mainstream, and now she's like, it's like yeah. If you want to look like me at $700, I can lose 16 pounds in two weeks. Fuck you. Like, I can afford this. You're poor. I'm rich. Yeah. I'll come after you if you say something about my sister.
2: Right. Like, I screenshot screenshot everything everybody sends me. So don't fuck with me.
1: Right. And that's very much something that, like, you would hear. And I'm saying red scare, not because, like, you know, just because I think that in in many different ways, red scare and I'm not going to get into my opinion on it, but I'm just saying, like, factually, the podcast Red Scare completely changed downtown New York. And Mm -hmm. it changed in that way, like, American culture. Mm -hmm. You see, like, what's cool and what's uncool completely being, like, upended from below.
2: Right, right. It's like, it's kind of, yeah, it's like that dirtbag left sort of effect of, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like, anti-PC culture, like, a kind of, like... But it's even beyond
1: that because they're not even leftists. They're not even dirtbag left.
2: No, no, I know. It it has that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, like, that's that kind of, like, that's part of what it spawned, you know, or that's, it's helped the popularity of those, of those platforms.
1: Right, exactly. So now you see people, like, it's, like, cool now, or not even cool, but, like, acceptable in a way that it wasn't a few years ago to be, like, I'm really fucking skinny because I can be.
2: Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, no, that's a really, that's a really good point. And I'm, and I, you know, I think that it's always interesting, obviously talking about the Kardashians, because like, you know, you want to talk about a vibe shift or whatever, like they decide when the vibe shift happens. Like they decide, and I think in their own lives, but I think that they do have an influence over like generally like culture, of course, like, but I, and celebrity culture and like understanding of celebrity and stuff. But what I think is interesting is like how you can see this, it like, you can see the kind of ripple effects of like Kim's divorce with Kanye, her changing up her vibe, her changing her style, her getting with Pete. She does this every, she does this every five to 10 years. She's changed. She's gone through many different as she's allowed to gone through many different, you know, iterations of herself. But I feel like this one is locking in culturally like a little more like what you're saying is locking in a little more. Um, for some reason it feels more like a firm, like a, alignment or something like that you know
1: yeah yeah I mean you can definitely see because I think that's also the point of her like uh like stripping bare, so to mm-hmm. speak like stripping bears and like the New York Times or mm-hmm. Forbes or e- even Vogue they take all of the makeup off I mean they put on like a gazillion yeah. loads of like natural looking makeup or whatever but that's like that's also like very in right now was like the no makeup yeah. makeup which is hilarious but uh but 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 yeah, like, she's stripped bare, and you see her extremely bare. You see her, like, quote-unquote, without makeup. You see her, like, basically naked. Skims is supposed to be, like, it's shapewear, but it's also just, like, a bra and panties that you can just, like, wear around the house. Um, and I think that, like, part of, part of the Kardashians, like, the Hulu show, it was professionalization, but it was also, like, exceptionalization. Right. Like it was yeah. showing that they're not this like the everyman; they yeah. are the Kardashians, and yes. they are absolutely gorgeous, and they have the perfect bodies, and um, the drama that goes on in their lives is only secondary to the image that the, the the image of of them doing these things that go on in their lives, because they narrate all of it, and they, uh, as we were yeah. just talking about. They have a whole wardrobe for all of it. So I right. think that a lot of the point is that they're good to look at. Yeah, I love looking at them. It's not even the drama. No. It's more like, what do they look like? The Marilyn dress, I mean, we've been talking for a really long time, so we could talk about that next I time. <laughs> I hated it from the get-go. I think it's, like, really gross. I think she looked really bad in that dress. I think that, like, I, I mean, I want to, like, research more about it before I, like, start, like, talking about it or whatever but all i can say is i watched some like it hot that was like my favorite movie growing up and marilyn monroe and kim kardashian are like extremely different people and i think that like marilyn monroe i mean part of that is they just like existed in completely different eras and there's and how can you make a comparison between like different technological eras in that sense and like there's that famous famous photo of like marilyn monroe reading ulysses yeah. By James Joyce, which is just like, it's like the type of photo that would like never happen with Kim. Right. You know, and right. I think that's so much like, you know, Kim like is a lawyer and like can talk to Donald Trump, but like th- her relationship with the president is completely, mm-hmm. it's like polarized from mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe's relationship with the president. Right. And that can never happen. That would never happen yeah. because you have like, you know, the modern day Marilyn Monroe is Monica Lewinsky, right? Yeah. But off ob- for I mean, extremely obvious reasons, Monica Lewinsky and Marilyn Monroe were like, they ain't yeah. the same.
2: Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean people were spreading those photos of like the damage that she did to the dress and uh you know, I really have a heart I don't have any opinion. I really don't really give a shit. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, obviously, yeah, like, again, but, you know, it's just back to what I was saying. It's, like, a very, like, it's a very brazen move to kind of just, like, like, disregard cultural artifact or, or you know, the significance of, like, objects and historical preservation. And, you know, that was kind of interesting in a way because the Kardashians are pretty in interested in their own family preservation and the preservation of their archive, as we've seen in the time capsule episodes ETC.
1: Well right it's like cultural anarchy without being an anarchist so it cancels itself out. Yeah. You know because like they don't they're not. They're not like if Kim had wanted to ruin the dress, I think that I would have been like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, ruin the dress." But it, she didn't want to ruin the dress, so it's just like negated. Like the whole, like the obviousness of it. Yes. Like It negates yes. itself. It's just like fucking stupid.
2: Right. Like if, if Kanye was still her creative director, he would have been like, "Ruin the dress," because <laughs> he yeah, understands a good performance. Been the point.
1: That would have been like the point of it. Is yeah, like, and he understands the a dress good performance. and like you're gonna claw at it, and you're gonna wear the wrong shoes, with it, and then you're probably gonna look bad in it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that would have been much more interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I would have liked that. Like, you know, like, do that. Ruin the dress. That's, like, that's a right. statement in and of itself. She didn't mean to ruin the dress. She, like, accidentally ruined the dress. And then it's just, like, stupid.
2: Right. Agreed. Well, there you have it. We have just processed a lot. And I feel like we kind of finally, we, we landed on, I, I'm interested in, in the end of that conversation a lot. I really like where we landed on that.
1: Yeah, me too. And while, um, you know, Gemma, Gemma has her, a job. Not not that you didn't have a job, but now, you know, you have a, you have a job. I, uh, I also have a lot of shit going on. So you will hear the rest of this conversation. Yes. it will be on a Friday, but we don't know which Friday.
2: No, this, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're, we're working, we're working, we're working hard.
1: It's Fridays. You don't know which Friday you're going to get to hear our voices. But (laughs) But it'll be be a Friday. It will be a Friday. Not a Thursday, not a Saturday, my friend. It will be a Friday. So.
2: Well, good morning, sweet
1: dreams. Yes. Ta ta. Ta ta.
0: your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learn Oh, yeah.
3: To hold the door when I give them So much more than they can imagine Money rich and Manners poor never got the boys Too far money talks but I Just walk when I can't stand it And the primary mistake Texting on a date If you make a lady wait She'll take a pass The lesson all should learn Even if there's cash to burn Respect yourself cause no one else Can change your path Money To allow the men you've met to exemplify their very best behavior. When entering a room, greet everyone and soon you'll be invited and entitled to the grandeur. Your company should feel when a conversation's real, even if the topic feels like science class. You can tell where someone's been without even asking him. He's either rude or has some style and panache.
0: Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is none, Oh yeah.
3: Life is all about elegance and flair and savoir faire. You don't have to be rich or famous to be unforgettable. Haha. <laughs> It's not about where you're from, it's about what you've learned. Money can't pop.